We have an awesome God who, who loves to spend time with us. He loves for us to just to sit and, and, be, and be saturated and marinated in His presence. We become like the people we spend time with, don't we? I want to become more like Him. I want to become more like my Saviour and my Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Welcome this morning. Thanks, guys. That was awesome. We have an awesome worship team. I was so blessed. Uh, thank you, Jesus. Yeah, give them a clap. <laughs> thank you, Lord. You know, I don't, I don't have anything wrong with clapping. We can encourage each other, can't we? Amen. Fantastic. Well, before I say this, I better make sure our, our podcast is recording. Um, I just want to say welcome this morning and welcome to those people who are listening on our podcast and on our CDs, those who've been in Kids Church and Bub's Church and are listening to this later. We want to say thank you for what you do for our kids. It's not just... <laughs> and they're not just serving our kids, they're, they're ministering to our kids. They're imparting the seeds of the gospel in the lives of our young people. And those people that are listening hundreds of miles away, hundreds and thousands of kilometres away, in fact, all around the world, we thank you for joining us as you listen to this message today. Uh, we've got a, a good uh, 20 or so people that are listening to our podcast every week. And uh, you're a part of this this morning too, as the same as every person in this building is today. I just want to pray right now. God, we thank you for this time to stop, to, to clear our minds, Lord, of all the other things going on in our lives. And Lord God, we just ask that you would change our thinking, Lord. Lord, where there's been wrong thinking, Lord, where there's been things in our heart that are not of you, God, we ask that you would take them away. And Lord, fill us with yourself. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You know, when we, when, when we get emptied out, when God cleans us up, he wants to fill us too. He doesn't just leave us empty. He fills us to overflowing too. He sent his spirit. He, he's washed us clean. He's made us new but he wants to fill us again too. That's just an extra for you this morning. <laughs> wonder who in this building has ever had a speeding ticket? I'm putting my hand up. I have had a speeding ticket. It was going through Winchelsea. And you know that part of Winchelsea, you go past all those tractors and all those, those farm machinery bits and you, you're almost on the Geelong side. And you, you, you can almost go 80 again, but you can't yet. And I, I got a bit excited and I put the foot down and to be honest, um, I found out because my parents got a letter in the mail because <laughs> I was driving their car. <laughs> I was like, oh, now my parents know too. <laughs> I wonder, who did you tell? Or have you still not told? Maybe you need to just turn to the person beside you and just say, I'm sorry, honey, there's something I need to tell you. <laughs> that $150 that disappeared from our account, yeah. That's where it went. Or I wonder if you've, if you kept it a secret for a little while and you sort of waited for the right moment to tell them. There's some confessions going on right now. <laughs> you know what? It can be really hard to admit our mistakes sometimes. It can be hard to admit our guilt, to, to confess and say sorry even to each other. Uh, James chapter 5. I'm going to turn my, my bibber on. James chapter 5 says, Are there any of you suffering hardships? Actually, just the verse 16 is the part I want to point out. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so you may be healed. But just the, in context, are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. 
Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. And if you've committed any sins, you will be forgiven. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Elijah was a human, as we are, and yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Then when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain and the earth began to yield its crops. My dear brothers and sisters, if someone among you wanders away from the truth and is brought back, you can be sure that whoever brings that sinner back from wandering will save that person from death and bring about bring about the forgiveness of many sins. This morning I was, I was tempted to call my message Engage. Choose to get involved. Choose to get involved in the lives of people who are sick. Choose to get involved in the lives of people who, who things are just messy. Choose to get involved, engage with people who, whose lives are different to yours. A few weeks ago we looked at John chapter 17 and we talked about how it talks about not being of the world. We are new creations in Christ. We're not of the world, but we've been sent into it to bring the love and message of Jesus. But instead this morning, I don't want to call it engage. It's just like a little preview bonus, maybe subtle hint <laughs> as to where I'm going. But this morning I want us to look at the book of Galatians chapter 6. And I want us to consider our heart. Well, let's just go jump back, sorry, just jump back for a moment. Consider our heart, consider our life. Before we think about engaging with others, think about your life, your heart. Maybe your struggles, maybe your sicknesses, physical or otherwise. And this morning we're going to begin a journey on looking at the secret place. Unlocking and shedding light in the innermost places in our lives. Some of you are getting nervous. <laughs> this is some really interesting looks. <laughs> you know, we can hide all sorts of things. We can hide the fact that we've got a speeding ticket. We can hide the fact that we're sick. We can hide the fact that we're feeling sad. We can hide the fact that we're feeling happy. But God wants to bring life and transformation in our innermost places. He wants to make us, a, 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 he, we are new creations in Christ the moment we put our, our faith and trust in Him, but He wants rivers of living water to flow from within. He wants us, the, the, the life-giving fountain to be just bubbling over within us every moment of every day. Not once a week, not sometimes, not just when you need to pray for someone. Every moment that we might know His presence in us, in that secret place. He doesn't want pain and loneliness, confusion, guilt or anything else to be what's hidden in that secret place. He doesn't want any part of our lives to be locked off, shut off, closed off in the darkness because that place is just too dirty, that place is just too dark. He wants to bring life and life in all its fullness. And we've all got a secret place. While we're still on this earth, we are in a process of sanctification. We're in a process. We've been justified by faith, but we are being made more and more into the image of Christ. 
And through our lives, there are parts of our lives that God is going to reveal to us that He wants to work on. And when God prompts us, when God convicts us, let's not shut the door and say, oh yeah, wow, sorry God, let's, let's deal with that later. I just, I just can't go there, God. But let's believe that God is able, amen? God is able, He is the healer, He is the creator, He's the bringer of life. And He's able to change what's behind that door. If you will just unlock the door and invite Him in, even as we've been encouraged this morning. Maybe you've struggled with confusion, inner turmoil. Maybe you've struggled with doubt or sin or temptation or even a temptation to give up, but no one even knows. I want to say this morning that this series is for you. Let's turn in our Bibles to Galatians chapter 6. And we're going to be looking more at the book of Galatians, but I've sort of, I'm going to the end before we go back to the beginning. Galatians chapter 6. If you've got your Bible, I encourage you to grab it out, open it up. I've drawn a lot of little pictures in my Bible over this last couple of weeks in Galatians. Waiting for the pages to flick. <laughs> Galatians chapter 6, verse 1. Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. And be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Share each other's burdens, and in this way obey the law of Christ. If you think you are too important to help someone, you are only fooling yourself. You are not that important. Pay careful attention to your own work, for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done, and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else, for we are each responsible for our own conduct. Those who are taught the Word of God should provide for their teachers, sharing all good things with them. Do not be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tied up. Tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should, go, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. Notice what large letters I use as I write these closing words in my own handwriting, says Paul. Those who are trying to force you to be circumcised want to look good to others. They don't want to be persecuted for teaching that the cross of Christ alone can save. And even those who advocate circumcision don't keep the whole, the whole law themselves. They only want you to be circumcised so they can boast about it and claim you as their disciples. As for me, may I never boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of that cross... My interest in this world has been crucified, and the world's interest in me has also died. It doesn't matter whether we have been circumcised or not. What counts is whether we have been transformed into a new creation. May God's peace and mercy be upon all who live by this principle. They are the new people of God. From now on, 
Don't let anyone trouble me with these things, for I bear on my body the scars that show I belong to Jesus. Dear brothers and sisters, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. Dear brothers and sisters, dear brothers and sisters, I say to you today, we are called to care for one another. Can we just jump across to that other? Thanks, Laura. Dear brothers and sisters, we are called to care for one another. You have been called to care for those sitting around you. Not to impress other people, not to just be nice to other people, but we're called to care for other people. You know, our vision at CFC is to be a welcoming church for all ages, to connect, grow, worship and encounter God being cared for as we learn to care for others. You know, that's an ongoing process. We we need to be cared for. We need care ourselves day by day. But also God wants to use you in bringing His love and care for others around you. It's not one or the other, and it's not you graduate from one and you become the other, but we be ones that care for each other as we are cared for believing the Holy Spirit will change individuals' lives in this city, nation, and world for God's glory. Amen. I'm excited about that. He says, If another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. Be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Share each other's burdens. If you think you are too important to help someone, you are only fooling yourself. You are not that important. Now, that sounds pretty harsh to me, and I actually don't think we think like that most of the time. I don't think we think, I'm too important, I'm not going to help that person. But I think what we do think, so I'll try to make sure this isn't too confusing, I think that what we do think is that we're just too busy to get involved. I think we think, Life is just too crazy, too busy, and I can't stop, I can't get involved in this, I I, I can't show God's care in this, because if I do, it's going to take up my whole day. And I actually believe, this might be counter-culture-ish, and you may even disagree with me, but I actually believe we are no more busy than any other person in history. Every person has 24 hours in a day, every single person fills their day with something, and we're all busy doing something. People say to me sometimes, Andrew, you must be so busy. And I'm actually not sure if I find that a compliment. <laughs> I don't want to be too busy. I don't, I don't want to be seen as too busy. Sure, there's things to do and there's more things I want to do. But God, help us to be like Jesus who stops, who, who hears the need of a person who's, who's sick, who hears the need of a person who, who just needs someone to listen. You know, at times Jesus said, sorry, I can't hang around, I've got to go. There's times he went off and, and, and did what he was believing God had called him to do. And there's times when he went off, he just needed to pray. He, he stopped, he rested. And you know what, I don't, I don't feel guilty turning my phone off on Tuesdays. <laughs> and I want to encourage you to turn your phone off sometimes. Where was I going? We're all busy doing something. We don't, we don't say, I'm too important to help someone. But we think what we're doing is just too important for me to stop. I wonder how many of us get busy working 
and our wives say to us, can we have a holiday? And we go, yep, one day, we'll talk about one day. And I'm going to confess, Rochelle and I have been talking about going on a holiday for some time. We're going to be having a baby in January, so we're looking at going away in September. And Rochelle's been looking at venues and places to go, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll look at that, we'll look at that. And I just, I, I get the feeling that I think what I'm doing is too important sometimes, but it's wrong. Let's not think of ourselves as more important than we are, but care as Jesus has called us to care. So who does, who does he say should do this? He says, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back. We have been made righteous by faith in Jesus Christ. And he says, you who are godly should go and help those people. He doesn't say, Sam, you're the youth facilitator. You've got to go help those youth, youth Sam. He says, if we see someone that's walking down a path and we can see that they're wandering away from the truth, we who are godly are called to go and help those ones, to guide them back, to gently speak the truth in love. I've got to say, it's not up to the pastor. He doesn't say, pastors, you should gently and humbly point those people back. But yeah, hopefully pastors are included in that, those who are godly. But we as his church, as his people, are called to care for one another. When's the last time you rang someone and said, hey, I missed you at church lately? As I want to say, we, 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 I, I believe we're getting better at that. We've, we've had a gap in that. Uh, I believe that. But we're getting better at that. But I want to ask you, can you help us? Can you call someone if you see them away and say, hey, I, I, we missed you. Can we catch up sometime? Paul continues, He says, pay careful attention to your own work, for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done, and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else, for we are each responsible for our own conduct. I wonder, has anyone here ever compared themselves to anyone else? Anyone ever compared themselves? Maybe your home, your car, the the cleanliness of your car, the dirtiness of your car, uh, maybe your problems, maybe your successes, maybe your Facebook posts. In other words, he's saying, do your best, trust God, and enjoy the journey. You know, God is bigger than you. If you just do what he tells you to do, you do your best, you've done your best, you've done all you could, you've trusted him, you've obeyed, and then you can just sit down at the end of the day and say, God, I thank you that you are my God, you are my saviour, you are the answer, and I am not, because I would fail. (laughs) Do your best, trust God, and enjoy the journey. When I was bike racing, I was away racing nearly every weekend, and it was an ambulance case nearly every day of racing. It was people carted off to hospital. And it was a little bit unnerving. But if you, if you let that thought come into your mind that this is dangerous, that this could, be, this could hurt me, this could, be, this could affect me in a bad way, then you've lost the race. Because when you're in that moment and you've got to dive through that gap that isn't there, you've just got to be focused on one thing. So before the race, Dad was often my, my, my holder, and, and we'd say, you know what, do your best, pray hard, and see what happens. We've just got to do our best, we've got to trust God and enjoy the journey. I believe God wants us to enjoy the journey. If we're not enjoying the journey, maybe we're not trusting God. I'll leave that point there. You know, there's a, 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 a series that um, I want to 
present to you and I want to encourage you to consider, maybe you're not involved in a life group but you might like to consider doing this as a life group series and it it probably, it focuses a bit on social media but you know what, comparisons were about a long time before social media. Can we just play that little video clip uh, just promoting this little series? Thanks guys. We've got sound? Thanks guys. I've got to be honest, I can be really obsessed with social media and technology because there's so many advantages, especially with social media. You get to see what your friends are doing, you can connect with people all over the world, you can FaceTime people with technology, and the advantages are really too many to count. But if we think about it for a while, there are also some disadvantages as well. The more we compare, the less satisfied we are. The more we compare with other people, what they're doing, what they have, where they are, the less satisfied we are with our own lives. And the reality is a lot of people blame social media because everybody else's life looks perfect. So, when you're tempted to look on and compare, the more you compare, the less satisfied you'll be. The good news is we have a power beyond this world. Through Christ's power, He will help us to kill comparisons, to celebrate blessings, and to cultivate gratitude. If that's something that you would be interested in watching, maybe you want to write it on your care card. Sign me up, Andrew. Write down the day you're available. We might have some extra life groups starting even to, to look through that series. But to be honest, you don't even have to go to a life, a life group to see it. It's online. You can watch it on YouTube any day. But I actually think that it's, it's powerful when we come together, when we confess, even as the Bible tells us to. It's amazing how God's so wise. There's power in doing it. But if you can't get to a life group, watch them. There's so many good resources to encourage you and help you in your journey with God. We, we have no excuse not to encourage ourselves day by day in God's Word. Some of us, we, we can spend so much time looking on Facebook and seeing the best of pictures of everybody's life and we compare ourselves to everyone's highlights and, and great moments and we compare them to our struggles and our imperfections. And that can be in every part of life. Forget about social media. And it can take over our minds, it can take over our lives, and our lives are twisted because of that. But as he says in verse 7, he says, Don't be misled. You will harvest what you plant. You will reap what you sow. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 to 24 says, Don't store up treasures here on earth, where moths eat them and rust destroys them where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy, and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. No one can serve two masters, 
for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. You cannot serve both God and money. You cannot serve both God and anyone else. You cannot serve both God and your own personal aspirations. We can only have one God. And let it be the true and living God. Our eyes are like gateways. That what we focus on affects us. In every way, what you focus on, what your mind thinks on, affects who we become, who we are day by day. John chapter 3, have I got that up there? Yes, I have. John chapter 3 verse 18 to 21 says, There is no judgment against anyone who believes in Him, but anyone who does not believe in Him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only Son. And the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but people loved the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it for fear their sins will be exposed. But those who do what is right come to the light, so others can see that they are doing what God wants. God's light has come, but people love darkness. We're scared of our darkness being exposed. Even as Christians, we can be scared of the secret things in our heart being exposed. So we shut off those things that God wants to bring healing in and in the process we, we cut ourselves off from the life that God can bring in that situation and the place. And that's why I believe counselling is helpful for people. We have counselling flies up on the back table. If you know someone who they've got stuff and they just need to let someone in, maybe it's too hard to talk to someone they know and they just want to talk to someone and, and they can let light into a situation. It's powerful. It's, it's why our CAP debt help program is so fantastic. It's sad. I, I hate having debt to pay a home loan off. <laughs> debt can be crippling. But praise God, we have CAP that people can open a doorway and let light into a situation. That debt can be freezed, things can be done, and people can be set free. And praise God, we have another new client. It's never good to have someone in debt, but praise God, we have someone else that we can help through CAP. God's light has come. But remember, God is faithful to His blessings and His judgments. If we shut off God forever, if we, if we close off our lives to God, He doesn't force Himself in. And for those who shut Him out forever, they will go to that place where God allows those people to go. Hell is to be shut off from God. And if we've pushed Him away forever, that's the place where we will end up. We will get our desire and be removed from all that is good. He continues in verse 8. Those who live only to satisfy their sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. Don't miss that bit. Those who live to satisfy their own sinful nature. What, do, what nature do we look to satisfy each day? Do we live to please the old nature or the Spirit of God in us? Let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially those in the family of faith. Notice what large letters I use as I write these closing words in my own handwriting. Paul is trying to say, don't miss this. This is important. Those who are trying to force you to be circumcised want, you, want to look good to others. 
They don't want to be persecuted for teaching that the cross of Christ alone can save. And even those who advocate circumcision don't keep the whole law themselves. They only want you to be circumcised so they can boast about it and claim you as their disciples. No one knows, oops, sorry, there's the large letters. <laughs> no one knows the motivations of your heart. No one knows the deepest thoughts of your heart except you and God. And you can, you can pretend you can be doing what seemingly godly things with wrong motives and, and it's not good for you. God wants us to, to do it for His glory, for His praise. You know, the things that are most hidden in our lives might seem like they're so hidden away that they can't possibly affect. They can't, people can't see those things, so it's not going to affect our lives. But those things that are deepest in our hearts, maybe even most securely locked away, have great power and effect in our lives. Imagine a seed that you plant in the ground and it's, it's there. You can cover it with as much dirt as you want. You can cover it with rocks, but the seed is still in there. And God is able to remove seeds. God is able to operate and, and, and change what is in our heart. He wants to bring life where there is decay. If you're, you can plant beautiful seeds. You can plant seeds for all kinds of things. But we can also bury things that are toxic in our life whether it's unforgiveness, whether it's hurt, whether it's pain, shame, whatever it is. But Paul writes the book of Galatians to challenge and remind his people, the people of God, that it is by grace alone. Faith in Jesus is what saves. It doesn't matter how many times you've messed up. It doesn't matter how many times you've given in. It doesn't matter how many times you've failed or done the wrong thing. Jesus is the one who saves us. It's by faith alone. It's faith plus nothing equals everything. That's God's equation. We, we try and add things to it all the time. And, they, and at this time it was circumcision and they were trying to say, oh, you've got to do this and you've got to do that and you've got to do that. And, and they, were, they were boasting about the extra things they could do on top of grace. These ones tell you that they, you still need to be circumcised, it said. They're trying to impress you. And just to clarify, that's not with the sign itself, because no one should really see that sign of circumcision. It's meant to be fairly private. They were trying to impress people by the way they talked about it and said how, how important these things are, and we're, we're, we hold to these things, and we are good because we hold to these things, and so should you. But Paul says, no, it's, it's by grace we've been saved. It's by faith in Jesus Christ that we are saved. We don't boast in anything. We boast in the cross of Christ because He is the one who saves us. He is the one who has done it all. And let's not live to try and impress each other. Let's not try and say, I'm better than you or I'm doing this, so isn't this great? You should do this too. But let's boast in the cross and remind each other of what the cross has done. Let's be ones who come alongside each other and say, hey, I want to encourage you. I just feel like you're just feeling a bit discouraged. And I want to encourage you, no matter what's going on, it's the cross of Christ that has made you free. And let's focus on what the cross has done. Let's focus on who we are in Christ and believe God can, can, can turn things around in this situation for you. Is anyone here that wants to be a part of that? 
Does anyone here, imagine what would happen if every follower of Christ lived day by day, saying, you know what, there's an issue here, but see what Jesus has done. See what he has done and the joy that we can have, the peace we can have, even through the, ch- the challenge and the struggles. We will stumble, but God is greater. Amen. That's <sighs> awesome. <laughs> Let's never lose the wonder of the cross. Let's never lose the joy of our salvation, what Jesus has done. I've lost my place again. Verse 14, I'll just go there. May I never boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus. So many people try, have tried to set a new standard. Re- new religions start and people say, this is the standard of what we need to do to be saved. This is what we must do to please God. And we have our whole industry set up to, to show us what's cool and good and what's fashionable and what's the standard for today. But Jesus came not to set a new standard, but he came to, to, to get rid of the standard. To say, I accept all people, anyone who comes to me will be saved. Anyone. I wonder, do we have the same attitude that anyone who comes in our path, we're going to love them. We're going to care about them. We're going to care for them. We're going to do all we can. Sometimes we have to say no. Jesus said no sometimes. He went away. But are we ready to love whoever Jesus brings? What matters is whose we are. Is Jesus our King or are we living for ourselves? That's, that's what matters. Whose are we? Are we his or do we live for ourselves? Who's our king? Who's our boss? Have we put our trust in Jesus Christ? Is our trust in Jesus? Is it our trust in what Jesus has done on the cross? Or is it Jesus plus this, plus this, plus this, plus this, I'm going to do this and then I'll be a bit better? Who's, who is our trust in? If our trust is in Jesus, we are new creations. We still fail sometimes, we still stumble, but we are new creations. We can declare it. That's what baptism is about. We bury the old nature and we say we are a new creation in Christ. The old is gone, the new has come. I'm still being sanctified, but I've been justified. Today, you can choose to give your life to Jesus Christ. You can hand over your life and surrender to his kingship. People ask me sometimes, are you you part of one of those happy, clappy churches? I'm like... Yeah, uh, actually I was talking to someone else. I was talking to someone else who's part of a happy clappy church. He's a pastor in Adelaide. And he says, when people ask him this, he's like, yeah, we're a happy clappy church. To be honest, I wish we were even more happy clappy. <laughs> and people say, well, what's with all the people lifting their hands and stuff? And I say, well, you ever been to a footy match and see people get excited? Well, God is so much greater than football. God is so much greater than a, a great music event. And we are just surrendering to Jesus to say, thank you, God, for what you've done for us. That's not in my notes at all. Man, I've got to stick to my notes. I also want to say this morning, let's not fool ourselves either. It is not by belief that we are saved. Even the demons believe in Jesus. Belief without action ends in death. Belief is not faith. Faith is putting your trust in Jesus. Belief is altogether different. Belief is knowledge. Faith is action. And we've got to put our faith in Jesus Christ. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. If we confess with our mouth, that's when we begin to put it into practice, we'll be saved. Faith is stepping forward and acting on our belief. Satan wants us to be bound up. 
to wear ourselves out trying to impress people and show that we're good enough. Jesus came to set us free and to be truly free. Today I want to ask you, will you unlock that secret place within you? Will you invite Jesus to come in to that deepest place in your life? Maybe it's a hurt, maybe it's a pain, maybe it's a temptation, maybe it's a struggle, maybe it's a sin. You know what it is. We've all got places in our lives, and I'm sure every one of us has something in our heart right now that we can say, God, I hand that over to you right now. I open that door to you, God, and I want you to come in. I believe God wants to bring some healing to our hearts today. He wants to bring some light into that secret place. He wants to do some surgery in our hearts. He can remove the deepest of scars. We've all had lies and discouragements and hurts. We invite Him in. I believe God wants some of us to take a step to care for someone else, to step into the life of someone we know that we can see is wandering away from the truth. You who are godly, He has called. He's calling us to engage, to speak the truth in love. And God is also calling us to allow others into our life. And even as we let people into our life and let them see the struggles that we have, you know what? We're actually an encouragement to them. When we're honest, when we're open about our struggles, it actually encourages other people. Let's ask if the band can come and maybe... I just want us to spend a moment just to, just to meditate and just to think on what God is saying to us this morning. Let's just close our eyes. And think, Lord, what is it you're saying to me this morning? Maybe there's a scripture that the Holy Spirit's going to bring to mind that you need to write down and put up somewhere around your home to, to remind you of what Jesus has done. I just want to encourage you this morning to open that door of your heart. Maybe it's been shut off for years and years and years. But God is the great physician. He is the great creator of all things. He is able to heal. He is able to bring life where there is death and decay and destruction. Just surrender to Him this morning. Surrender that area of your life to Him this morning. I wonder, is there anyone here today that you want to surrender to Jesus for the very first time? You want to say, I want to make him my king. I'd love to chat with you afterwards. And if you'd, if you'd, if you'd raise your hand, if that's you this morning, I'd love to talk with you and pray with you afterwards. Is there anyone here today that wants to make that decision for the very first time? Thank you, Jesus. And for everyone in this place today, I ask today if we would surrender our life again that we would choose to to go forward not just believing but having faith in Jesus and allowing him into that secret place day by day inviting him in that we would be people who seek to please the spirit of God within us and not our own human selfish desires 
Maybe there's a person that God's bringing to mind that he wants you to, to just engage with, to, to talk to, to speak the truth in love, to come alongside. Maybe it's to invite them to a life group, maybe to have a coffee, maybe to go for a walk together. Who is it that God's putting on your heart? I just really believe that God is going to bring a joy as we step forward and, and trust Him in these things, as we open our lives to others. You know, the whole law can be summed up with this command. Jesus said the greatest commandment is to love God. And I believe to love God is to know His love. To love God is to know His love and let His love into your life. And He says it's to love others. And a part of loving others is letting them love you. What a joy to live as God has intended. I'll save my story for another week. But this morning, we're going to close with a song. Which I wonder, which one are you playing? That sounds good. Cool. Can we stand this morning? And this morning, every one of us has things in our heart that we need God to minister into. And actually, I don't do this very often. Can we all hold hands? Because we all need prayer right now. <laughs> the Bible says, share your burdens with each other. Pray for each other that you may be healed. Can we, can we join hands? Come on. No one be shy. Except that's really hard for Shay. She's playing the keyboard. It's, it's just nice music. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. God, I just thank you this morning that we can stand together, that we can pray for each other. And Lord, we pray and believe for your healing to flow in each and every person's life in this place today. Lord, as we begin this series, looking at the secret place within our lives, Lord, I pray for even during this week that there would be, Lord, a newfound intimacy with you for people in this place today. That, God, you would bring healing, that you would bring life, that, God, you'd, you'd bring a joy that we hadn't experienced in, in maybe years gone by. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are able, that you are, you are powerful and able, that you love us completely. And we ask you to use us to care for those around us. Help us to open up our lives, to share our lives with people around us, not to be too busy, but to see people and stop. In those moments when your Spirit's prompting us just to stop and to, to minister to one another. Lord Jesus, we just thank you that it's all by your grace that we are saved. And we have more than 10,000 reasons to praise you. We're going to sing now. And if you would like more prayer, if you'd love someone just to pray with something about something particular, please come forward as we sing. Let's sing this. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Let's worship his holy name. Thanks, guys.